Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Wednesday, February 24th. I'm Wayne Pratt. The Missouri Department of Labor is demanding more than 45,000 people pay back unemployment benefits. Many are filing appeals. Some lawyers and lawmakers say it does not make sense for the state to go after money people already spent during the pandemic. These aren't bad people. These are not thieves who have taken money that doesn't belong to them. St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff will have that story in just a few minutes. The four candidates for St. Louis mayor are tackling the city's big issues less than a week before the primary election. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum has more on yesterday's key debate. Crime prevention was a major point of discussion in a debate that included mayoral contenders Louis Reed, Tashara Jones, Andrew Jones, and Kara Spencer. Reed says he wants to bolster rewards for people who anonymously provide information to police. And if you talk to law enforcement or the courts, one of the things they say is people aren't coming forward. Tashara Jones says she wants to recalibrate the police department's priorities, including expanding the use of social workers to deal with societal ills. This is about restructuring our public safety budget and putting the public back in public safety. The top two vote getters in next Tuesday's primary will head to the April 6th general election. I'm Jason Merzenbaum. St. Louis Public Radio. The Missouri Senate has passed COVID-19 liability protections for businesses, manufacturers, schools, and health care facilities. Some claim the legislation goes too far, but Republican Tony Lutkemeyer disagrees. The bill simply raises the standard from ordinary negligence to recklessness and requires that people show the higher burden of proof to hold a business liable for a COVID-19 lawsuit. The measure will not take effect until August. If approved, the bill now heads to the House. A new initiative to make St. Louis aldermen disclose conflicts of interest could come before city voters in November. St. Louis Public Radio's Kayla Drake reports. The nonpartisan group Show Me Integrity claims conflicts of interest on the city's legislative board has prevented reform. The measure would require aldermen to publicly share financial statements. It would also turn over the ward redistricting process to an independent citizens commission. Kathleen Farrell leads the St. Louis League of Women Voters, which endorsed the proposal. This policy would require them to not only put in public view what those conflicts are, but also to recuse themselves from voting on things that they have their hands in. The campaign needs to gather 30,000 signatures by June 11th to get the measure on the November ballot. I'm Kayla Drake, St. Louis Public Radio. Two applicants to grow medical marijuana in Missouri will receive licenses after the state initially rejected them. The Administrative Hearing Commission has approved cultivation licenses for operations in Kirksville and Macon County. The decision comes after the state denied hundreds of medical marijuana business applications, many of which prompted challenges to the commission. The state hired a private contractor to score the license applications. Attorney Chuck Hatfield represents the company that is now receiving licenses after the initial rejection. He says his client submitted answers that were identical to those from applicants who were approved earlier in the process.
A group of bipartisan state lawmakers is pushing legislation to keep Missouri from collecting unemployment overpayments from more than 45,000 residents. Some are appealing. St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff reports a backlog means those filing appeals now will have to wait months for a hearing. Sandra Griffin was hesitant about filing for unemployment when the pandemic hit and she lost her job helping out with arts programs in St. Louis schools. The 63-year-old wasn't used to the state's online unemployment platform, and she called a couple of times over the summer to make sure she was doing it right. As soon as the, the deposits started arriving, I, you know, figured I was good to go. It was a cause for celebration. But in mid-December, she got a notification from the Missouri Department of Labor saying it later determined she wasn't eligible for the benefits. That's because state law doesn't allow people who work in schools to collect benefits during summer vacation. The notice from the state said Griffin was overpaid due to an unintentional error and that she needed to pay back nearly $8,000. Griffin is frustrated because she feels like she did everything right. If it's not my fault, then why am I being held responsible? Whose fault is it and why aren't they being held responsible? Griffin is appealing, but her hearing isn't for another six months. She doesn't have to pay anything now, though. Some people who filed for appeals over the summer are showing the process can work. Larissa White, a resident of Baldwin, won her appeal earlier this month. The state said she voluntarily left an acting job, but she was able to show proof of her employment history during the hearing. And the payroll company disputing her claim didn't show up. Within about a week, the state told her she won the appeal and didn't have to repay the $8,000 she collected while she was out of work. It was a huge weight off of my chest. I mean, this has been a year of my life almost spent with this. So to know that it has paid off, it's indescribable how relieving it is. State lawmakers and volunteer lawyer groups are encouraging anyone who received overpayment letters to file an appeal. It's unclear exactly how many people have done that so far. The Missouri Department of Labor did not respond to multiple requests for comment about the appeals process. Earlier this month, Director Anna Hugh said the state has a duty to collect $150 million in overpaid people last year, even though 80% is from federal programs. And the federal relief package from December gave states the ability to waive overpayments. Hugh has encouraged people to call and set up no-interest payment plans. If they refuse, she said they could have their wages garnished. Unless and until the individual engages with us to establish a payment plan, the debt remains on the books. State lawmakers have questioned whether it makes economic sense to collect the money. Republican Representative Jared Taylor is from Republic, Missouri, just outside Springfield. He considers himself a fiscally conservative person, and he worries about how much money the state will spend fighting appeals. Yeah, I I think we are going to spend a lot of of resources going after the federal portion when we can when we can waive it, when the feds have given us the permission or the ability to to waive these. Taylor and other representatives have filed bills that would keep the department from collecting federal overpayments when they don't involve fraud. That's about 97 percent of cases. He's hoping the department eases up on collection while legislation moves toward a vote. But he says people should either appeal or work out a minimal payment plan. He suggests as little as $5 a month. What I don't want is I don't want the department to to start taking their taxes at the end of the year. or I don't want them to start garnishing wages. I don't want liens to be placed on houses. I mean, I've seen that letters from the department saying that those things are going to happen. Lawyers are getting a lot of calls about this lately. Jim Guest says he talks to five people a day about overpayments. 
He's the head of the Volunteer Lawyers Program at Legal Services of Eastern Missouri, which offers pro bono help to low-income people. Guess says he's hopeful about the legislation efforts, but his clients can't afford to take a wait-and-see approach. He's encouraging everyone to file an appeal. I am hopeful that the state recognizes that, you know, it doesn't make sense to try to go after money that's already been spent, that no one's asking for uh, from the federal government. And these aren't bad people. These are not thieves who have taken money that doesn't belong to them. Guest says clients tell him they spent the money on food, housing, and other basic necessities. Essentially, it's the types of things he feels like stimulus money was meant to be spent on. He's encouraged that so far, his team has won every appeal, though they're still waiting to hear back on some. Others will wait months until they can even get a hearing. I'm Corinne Reff, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Jonathan All edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.